if it's the will of God for her to come and preach to you tonight. And so as she comes, would you all lift her up in prayer in the name of the Lord? Father, right now we just pray, God, for your supernatural inspiration to rest upon Sister Lori, God. Father God, use her tonight to speak to this house. Lord God, in power and anointing, give us direction. Give us a word tonight because we live by your word. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lord Jesus, we trust you tonight. We believe it. We will receive it. We will respond to it, God. We will hear it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you in advance for what we're going to hear tonight. We prepare our hearts with anticipation, God, to hear from your throne tonight. Bless your daughter tonight, I pray. Strengthen and encourage her. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, give God praise. tonight. <laughs> That's one of the scriptures. Amen. <laughs> um, I get, uh, y'all, I'm really come up here in fear and trembling, and uh, it's a heavy thing, but God has called us, and if he's you know, told him, then I'm going to believe, and I come up here by faith in the name of Jesus. So if everybody would uh, just turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glorious God. Ecclesiastes 10. Lord God, Lord God, awaken us, oh God. Lord Jesus, let us see our condition in the name of Jesus. Lord God, rebuke every unclean spirit in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, right now that you are in this place. And I pray against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. I pray against spiritual wickedness in high places. I pray, Lord God, that you would have your way in this place tonight, Lord God. Anoint me to be your mouthpiece, O oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to you, my God. This is your house, O oh God. This is where you dwell, my God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. All right, Ecclesiastes 10, verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. All right? So, y'all can be seated. 
when we come in covenant with God, he gives us a hedge of protection. Okay? And there has to be a hedge because there's an enemy. Because he knows that we need that protection. And there are times that God can lift the hedge, okay? But in this scripture here, it's telling me it can be broken. And if the hedge is broken, then the serpent can come in and bite, okay? A snake bite can be deadly. A snake bite, it can be fatal and it's possible not to recover from it. Okay, go to Revelation 12, 9. Lord God, you speak here. It's all yours, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. Revelation 12, verse 9. Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This is telling me the serpent is Satan. Okay? That serpent that was at the Garden of Eden is still here today. He's still here to deceive, okay? He's still here to destroy, to kill. We need to be aware of this. Let's go to Job 1, 10. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Job 1, 10. Lord, open our eyes, O oh God. Awaken us, O oh God. That's great is in the fear of the Lord. We need your fear tonight, Lord God. All right, Job 1.10 says, Hast thou, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. This is Satan speaking. He sees that hedge. He sees that hedge that God has placed around you. And he knows that he can't cross that hedge. It has to be broken. Or it has to be removed for him to come in. Okay? That hedge of protection. God places it there, and I thank him for it. Thank you for the hedge, Lord. Hallelujah. Job can't be bitten. He's protected. Amen? It's awesome. It's awesome to know God. It's awesome to be in covenant with him. I wouldn't live any other way. No other way. Amen? Amen. Now, offense is a protection. Okay? Keeps things out, right? Things you don't want coming in. It's there for a reason. Don't try to get out. Because there's danger on the other side. 
that serpent is there. There's beasts, okay? They're there. So how is the head broken? It's called sin. All right? Sin. All right. Isaiah 5. Let's go to Isaiah 5. Lord God, have your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what venom does? It paralyzes you. So if you've been bitten, you're not moving in the things of God. That's a sign right there. Wake up! Isaiah 5, verse 4. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the heads thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. If God takes the hedge away, guess what? We will be trodden down. We will be eaten up. We must be in obedience to God Almighty. We cannot be wild. We cannot be doing what we want to do. We need to listen to this man of God right here. I don't care what you think about it. And I'm not talking to everybody in here, okay? God knows what he's doing. I'm going to let him take over. I'm going to let him take over, okay? Whatever you need to do, God. So be it. Let it be done. The hedge is there for a reason. It's to keep the serpent out. In the name of Jesus. Sanctify this house, O God, and rebuke every unclean spirit in the name of Jesus. All right, let's take a closer look to what the Word of God is saying about this sin that will break the hedge. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. I thank God for the choir. Anointed, very anointed. Thank you, Sister Christina. Those, those songs are the will of God. Deuteronomy 32. 15. But Jeshurun run, but Jeshurun waxed fat, and kick thou, thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Jeshurun is Israel, God's people. God blessed them. They forgot him. They didn't esteem the rock of their salvation anymore. The one that saved them. The one that delivered them. The one that purchased them with blood. Redeemed them. It was without money, but it cost his life. Verse 16. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils 
not to God, to God whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not, of the rock that begot thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. No faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spin mine arrows upon them. They shall be burned with hunger and devoured with burning heat. And with bitter destruction, I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. There's a serpent. You see these sins listed here? The serpent was able to come in because the hedge was broken. We don't want to lightly esteem the rock of our salvation. He should deserve all of our time. We should not provoke him to jealousy with anything or anyone else. Are we provoking him to jealousy today? If we are, with what? Who comes first? What are you more passionate about? Where's your passion? Where, what, what do you live for? I hope it's the rock of your salvation. Amen. They sacrifice the devils. Now, Sacrifice to me is you, you, you give yourself to it. You give your time to it. That's what you spend most of your time is a sacrifice, okay? Unmindful. Now, I'm going to go through these real quick because um, my main focus is Ezekiel 8, okay? And there's parallels right here with Ezekiel 8. And... Um, I got really excited the last service. Pastor started, he opened up in Ezekiel and thought, oh, is he going to go to Ezekiel 8, you know? But he didn't. He went to another part of Ezekiel. It was still very exciting. But, you know, I, I always try to hear God, is this the direction you want me to go? You know, it's like this, it's like a scary feeling, y'all. It's like you want to do the will of God. You want to make sure you're in God's will, but and, and, you know, try to maybe, okay, God, maybe, maybe this or that, but no, he, he kept me on this, he kept me on this, and I said, okay, God, all right, anoint it, Lord. All right, um, they were unmindful, their mind it was not full of thoughts of him, mind was always thinking of something else, okay, we need to be mindful of him. In everything that we do, everywhere that we go, okay? Vanity provokes him to anger. Vanity means excessive pride, 
in or admiration of one's own appearance or achievement. It's empty and without value. So are we focusing more on appearance and achievement? Okay, that will provoke God to anger. So is God on the back burner? We don't come to prayer meetings anymore. We used to be the first to come to church service. Every time the doors were open, even though we didn't really have a car to come in, where are we today? Wake us up, God. All right? We don't want him to lift the hedge. We don't want the beast and the serpent to come in. The serpent's here in Deuteronomy 32. He came in. It was God's judgment. All right? Lord Jesus, fill us with your fear, Lord. Fill us with conviction. There is a defilement. There's an abomination. Did you know that it can be brought to the house of God? Did you know that? Did you know that the hedge could be broken because of these sins? I don't want to be the one to cause it to be broken. Go to Ezekiel 8. Have your way, God. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Because if we don't realize that we have a problem and we think we're okay, we're not going to cry out because of these abominations. We're going to think that everything's okay, so then we're not going to pray. We're not going to cry out for what we need, what we need to. All right, Ezekiel 8. I'm going to start with verse 10. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness of the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins even downward, fire, and from his loins even upward, as the appearance of brightness and as the color of amber. That's awesome. And he put forth the form of an hand and took me by the lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. And brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the inner gate that looked toward the north where was the seat of the image of jealousy which provoked the jealousy. There it is again. There's an image of jealousy and it's the temple. There's a north gate and there's an east gate. Okay? And right there at the entrance of the north gate there was an image of jealousy. It doesn't tell me what it looked like, but God spoke to me. He said, because it can just it can be anything that you put before me. I am a jealous God. It's like if somebody were to come into the front door of this church and see an image there as they walk in. Image of jealousy, it's wrong. It's not okay. It was in the house of God. Okay? It can be a person. The image can be a person. 
It can be a job. It can be money. It can be a sport. It can be fashion. It can be entertainment. It can be anything. Anything that you erect in your life that you set before God. It's the first thing that people see when they go through that north gate. If there's an image of jealousy in our lives, let's break it tonight. Bring it down tonight. Because he's a jealous God. Amen. Let's read uh, verse 4. And behold, the glory of the, of the God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. He said, Furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt be greater abomination. Did you see that? In uh, Look at verse 7. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. You see that? It's broken. The hedge is broken. The wall is broken. And did you notice a few verses before? The glory of God is there. The presence of God is there. Okay? So look at verse 9. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. He's talking about the house of God. He's talking about the house of God. And he said, and look at verse 10. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping thing, an abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. Serpent is right there with abominable beast. Right there. The creeping things. Unclean. Abominable. So he goes in, and all this is in the house. Look at verse 12. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? For they say, The Lord seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. Are we doing things in the dark? We think the Lord doesn't see us. We walk in this house. Thinking he didn't see us, he sees everything. He's omnipresent. We can't go do something out there and then come in here and think he's not seeing us. He sees us. He sees us. Look at verse 14. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. 
What do you weep for? What do I weep for? What what am I what moves me to tears? Shouldn't be coming. And Ezekiel 9 4 it tells us what we should weep for. It says that we should weep because of the abominations done in the midst of us. Look at verse 16. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. Now this one really got me. This is, you go inside, there's the inner court, and right next to it, the Holy of Holies, that there's God's presence. I mean, he's there. And these men are facing the east gate, and they're worshiping the sun, okay? And their back is towards God. So we can be in the house of God and have our backs turned towards God. They did it here. You see, the sun warmed them up and provided light and caused their crops to grow, giving them something to eat. They worshiped the creation instead of the creator. They forgot who gave it to them in the first place. Did we forget where our fatness came from? Did we forget who gave it to us? Verse 1, he cried also in mine ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. All right, God's calling judgment. He's calling his angelic host to come and destroy. Look at verse 2. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lies toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen with the rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. I thank God for those that weep over the sins in the church, the abominations that are done in the house of God. For there will be a seal of God that will be set upon you, and you will be protected even though that hedge is broken, even though that serpent is crawling in. Look at verse 5. And to the others he said to, said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eye spare, neither have pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women 
but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. It starts here in the sanctuary. Begin in the house of God. And he says not to spare anyone, not even the children. Go to uh, Ezekiel 22. This is the instruction of the Lord. We don't have to be defeated. All right, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. But I believe tonight that there are people here that will make up the hedge and stand in the gap. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's not only for us here. There's a worldwide church And God can use us in a mighty way to make up the hedge and stand in the gap. It's going to take time. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take sacrifice. Amen. All right. Mark 16. First pastor jump started it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate my pastor and sister Christina pastor's my coach if y'all don't know amen alright Mark 16 Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Cast them out, y'all. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Let's take them up, y'all. Take up those serpents. Jesus' name. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know, God knew. God knew that hedge was going to be broken. All right? Or else he wouldn't have said this right here. Give us power. We would have this sign that follows the true believers right here. There's people that can break the hedge. Okay? And that's why we have to take up serpents. we got to take them up. Luke 10. Luke 10, and I'm almost done. May God have his way. It's all his. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. This is Jesus talking. 
Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. All right. Woo! Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for these scriptures. Amen. Hallelujah. God knew what was going to happen. God knew. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gives us power to tread upon serpents and all the power of the enemy. So I'm asking you today, exercise it. Tread on those serpents. Take them up. All right? Don't let them remain here in anybody's life. Your life, this house, church worldwide, okay? Tread on Satan. Put him under your feet where he belongs. Right there, under your feet. Tread on him, all right? Make up the hedge and stand in the gap. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, Father God, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promise tonight.